You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. George Stamen spoke at the Move-In Conference in Toronto, Canada on February 15th, 2016. His topic was Waiting on God Without Distraction. In Hands at Work, we recently identified one of our biggest enemies. It's our cell phones. Mm-hmm. We worship our phones. In the morning, if you open your eyes, what do you touch first, your Bible or your phone? <laughs> Gee, it's serious, guys. If it's your phone, you regard your phone higher than God. End of a story. That's it. And you're just a, you're a product. It's not because you're bad, okay? You were, you were pulled into this thing. So how do we get out of it? How do we, how are we laser focused and say, God, what, what you have destined moving for, I buy in. And I'm going to be a key player in that. Until you move me away, you can count on me. You can count. Nigel, count on me. I'll pay the price. I'm going to walk this thing out. You know, it's simple. You want to buy a cheap t-shirt, you get away with $2, right? But you know what's going to happen with that. You want, to, you want anything in life that's worth it, you're going to have to pay for it. So what do you want to do with your life? You want it to be worth it? Honestly worth it? Like really? Or do you want to have all the thrills in life? The, the options are there. But you're going to have to choose. And I think one of the most amazing gifts that's been given to us, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, and it's something that we do not embrace, and we are paying a huge price for that, and that is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I hope I'm going to touch on a few things today that will encourage you guys to be single-minded, focused, to walk at road, and that you will become amazing part of Canada's history, worldwide. If you think, wow, God can't use you guys, He can. He can use you right. You know, you go and look at the history of um, the Haystack Bible prayer meeting that they had. It was just a bunch of students, you know, who just one day had a prayer meeting and I said, why can't we go into the world? A direct result of that within a decade, 20,000 missionaries, just a group of students, who said, Lord, why can't we be single-minded, focused, and do something? And if it's not you, who is it going to be? Who else is going to pick it up? The generation before you are out there, they are super busy. They're not going to do it. That window of opportunity is passed for them. You Right now, right now, you can make decisions about your life. You don't have massive bonds and commitments and all those things. Right now, you can choose how you want to live. And this world needs you. But then you're going to have to tap into the Holy Spirit. Paul speaks about Christians and Corinthians. And he said there are two kinds of Christians. Carnal Christians and Christians who follow the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk about the latter. I want to talk about how you can have life 
and overcome these things that are challenging to us. Things that are tempting us, pulling us away, luring us away, distracting us, and helping us to become focused because we cannot do it on our own. We can't. We always end up with guilt trips and we fail and fall. But life in the Holy Spirit, that's the one promise God gives us. He says, if you move in the Holy Spirit, you can overcome. And the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. But we lack serious understanding of that. So many of us think the Holy Spirit, when it comes, it's just so that we can have good feelings and good experiences. And see something that happened on a Sunday night in a church. But it's not like that. And I'm going to try and help us a bit today. I want you to close your eyes and think about a sailboat. A sailboat. Just think about a sailboat and its dependency on the wind. Okay? A yacht ready to go out and its absolute dependence on the wind. Think also of the crew on the yacht. Okay? You see the different people. How they desperately need to work together. Even when the wind is there. Vital that with the wind, each person on that yacht knows exactly what they need to do. And they need to do it timely, and they rely on one another, and if there's one that's not doing it, even with the wind, it's not going to work. Now think about that sailboat, and how the crew decide they want to go from point A to point B and the route that they will take depending on the wind. So the wind blows here and the wind blows there. Nobody can control the wind, right? John 3.18 speaks about it. Now, once that sailboat goes, what determines that route? They will get from point A to point B if the captain is skillful and he knows how to read the wind. But that sailboat cannot just go straight from point A to point B. It's got to rely on the wind. And the wind might take it to point C via point D. They might go on a route they never expected to go on. As they go on their journey from point A to point B, the crew working to bear together and they totally rely on the wind in the sails. And of course for that to happen, that crew have to open the sails. When they're ready, they've got to open, they pull that rope and whoo, the sails go up and then it is that expectation. Where's that wind? Then I want you to to think about a steamboat. I want you to see this steamboat on a mighty Amazon River. And I want you to see the captain behind the steering going from point A to point B exactly as he planned. 
And if you look underneath the steamboat, hidden under the deck, you see a crew of men with shuffles throwing coal into a huge fire, creating steam. Work hard, work hard, get the coals in to the fire and then get the steam ready so that they have got the ability on the strength of that they created to go directly from point A to point B without any dependence. In Acts 1 verse 4, we read, On one occasion, while he, that's Jesus, was eating with them, the disciples, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift, my Father promised, which you heard me speak about. Jesus gave a clear commandment to his disciples, and he said, Wait. I want you to wait. If you want to be a leader, to be led by the Holy Spirit, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough for your culture. You're going to have to learn to wait. You're going to have to learn to wait. You're going to have to learn to choose. Do you want to be in a sailboat or do you want to be in a steamboat? And I'm sure you've worked it out for yourself by now. Which one is the Holy Spirit and which one is the Canadian culture? <laughs> or for that matter, all of our cultures, right? Who's in charge? Who determines the route and who decides? And we wait for nobody because this is our plan. And then our plan doesn't work. And we say, I don't know. God told me now. I don't know why this is happening now. We've got to understand as disciples of Jesus, first thing we have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit who's gentle, he's gentle. You've got to become quiet and you've got to wait. You've got to get rid of your phone while you wait. I'm serious. You've got to know what voices is in your head stealing you. You know that it's a big myth that we can multitask, right? You know that's rubbish. I presume you know that. <laughs> in fact, every time you are busy with God, or for that matter with a brother or a sister, praying, thinking, and your phone goes, or there's any distraction, literally in your brain, it's like a stage. All the, everything that you were busy with gets swept off and a new player come onto the stage. And then you say, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, I must remember to do that. Friends, if you then go back, 
The stuff fell through the cracks. The water fell out of the water, out of the glass. You've got to pick it all up now and carry on again. It's impossible. You cannot do that. There's a reason why God said to us, when we follow the Holy Spirit, to isolate ourselves and to become quiet and there's no distraction. Nothing. Because every time there's a distraction, you lose half your thoughts, you lose a whole process. You cannot, it can't continue like that. So when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you've got to learn to wait and become quiet. You know, we all love the idea of the sailboat. There's something romantic about it, isn't it? There's something so cool about a sailboat. If you've been on a yacht and that wind takes you, wow, it's so awesome. And that part we all love. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. When He's in the midst, when you are with people that are flowing in the Holy Spirit, it's amazing. But you know there's times when we have to wait, when the wind is still. The wind does not blow. And that's when that yacht is standing on the river or in the sea and there's nothing. So there are people that are prepared to get on a yacht and say, yes, I want a yacht. But you know when the wind dies down, out comes a little engine at the bottom. (laughs) And there they go with the engine. Isn't it? Because we are not prepared to wait. So every time you put on the engine, you deny the Holy Spirit to lead you. You say, I appreciate you let me up to here. Obviously you don't know where we go now. I'll take us further. You've got to learn to wait. <coughs> because the moment where you stop relying on that wind, even if it's died down and you're not prepared to wait, the moment from there you work in the flesh. It's your plans. You are not led by the Holy Spirit anymore. And there's a reason why the Lord wants you to wait. There's always a reason for His plans. So that's dead works. I want to stir your hearts up this morning. David, a man after God's own heart, when he went through that sin and he came back to God in Psalm 51, it was nearly like the top of the psalm. He was crying and he said, but do not take your Holy Spirit from me. This morning I want to ask you that. Have you experienced that already in your life? That there were times, or are you enough in tune with the Holy Spirit that you know you're getting very close to the threshold where where you're getting out of His will now, where He's leaving you now, where you're on your own now? Have you experienced that already? Do you know how that feels? Now, are you daily making sure that you are tuned in enough that when you get close to that place, that you cry, do not take your Holy Spirit from me? Is He so precious to you that it is deeply disturbing to you that you think that it's a place that if you push hard enough here, you're moving without Him?
Let's be like David and cry. Whatever happens, when we get close to that place, we just say, Lord, no, please, Holy Spirit, do not leave me. Do not leave me. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, I'm going to show you something now, hopefully that's going to really help you to understand this importance. In 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, I'm going to read to you that verse. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. I want you to put that verse and think about that. There are three things mentioned in this verse. The first one is the grace of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is so important to Paul here as he writes that he's placing it in the same category, in the same place as the grace of Jesus and the love of God. He's saying, here's the three things. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you this. How many songs have you heard about the grace of Jesus? And how many songs have you heard about the love of God? How many songs have you heard about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Why? Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you here? Why is that? You see, the love of God covers us. We, I mean, gosh, who of us do not love the fact that God's mercy is new every morning? That there's a parable saying to us, there's a father standing on a veranda this morning. And he's saying, George, if you come back, Boy, I'm waiting. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Makes me so excited. Wow, I'm, I'm loved. I mean, I'm loved. To the utmost. It's crazy, eh? Woo! <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. Hey, I want to tell you, you loved. You loved. Do you know that you loved? And the grace, the grace of Jesus cleanses us. It cleans. It say it washes our sin away as east is from west. And we know east and west will never meet. It doesn't matter what your sin is. Never has there been a generation of mankind where sin has been hidden more than right now. I can just talk about pornography. And who knows how many of us just shrink when I say that word. I want to tell you don't shrink. But there's a way out. Do not put it in a cupboard for any longer. Let it come out. There's a way out. There's a way out. Don't let people tell you to hide sin because it's shame. No. Bring it out. There's life. There's forgiveness. There's restoration. The grace covers it. Do not live under guilt. Therefore, we are no longer under condemnation. It's a, it's a slave driver. It's Satan who wants you to live under the guilt. So the grace 
is to cleanse us. But you see, the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, friends, it consumes us. And that's why we are so nervous. That's why we are so scared. Because the Holy Spirit, when you invite Him inside, He consumes you. He convicts you. Not condemns. You know the difference, right? He convicts you. He reminds you. He speaks to you. He, his goal is to renew you. You cannot do it on your own. He's the one that will bring victory to you. He's the one that will guide you. He's the one that will protect you. The Holy Spirit is the one who works in us to fulfill the destiny of God in us. I want to talk to you now why it's so important to be led by the Holy Spirit. The first reason is Jesus himself was led by the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 4 verse 1 we read this. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. <laughs> Very important verses. Very important Take careful note what took place here. We see the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert, a place of testing. Your human nature will never lead you into a place of testing. As long as you are not led by the Holy Spirit, your, your flesh will always sidestep, run away, move away, but it will always try to find a place of comfort for you. The Holy Spirit will lead you into those places because it wants you to grow, to overcome, to be more than conquerors. It wants you to become leaders that can lead. Friends, you've got to understand, you know what's a tragedy today so much in so many ministries? That our ministry outgrows our maturity. And that's when the courthouse come down. So when you're a leader, when you're in a movement, the Holy Spirit is always busy challenging you not to condemn you, not to hurt you, but to mature you, to overcome. Because everything you overcome, you can lead other people in. But when you are still down there, you're still struggling with the most elementary things. You're still struggling with something you struggled 10 years ago. How can you lead? How can you take people out of that? Because you yourself are still in it. Now your flesh will not take you out of that. But the Holy Spirit will. He will lead you out of that. You know, when we look at Psalm 23... We love it when we read, He leads us beside quiet waters. I love that. <laughs> when I'm so busy, I said, Lord, when last did you lead me beside quiet waters? <laughs> you take us to green pastures. It's beautiful, isn't it? But how many of us consider that He also lead us into the valley of the shadow of death and in the presence of our enemies? Christ allowed the Holy Spirit because he trusted him. 
He said, I trust you. We've got to trust the Holy Spirit. And he said, I will allow you to lead me. I believe you will conform me, renew me, renew my mind. Take the word of God. And that is why it's so crucial for us to fall in love with the word of God. You've got to. It's the, most probably the biggest passion I have right now for your generation is I'm begging God to show me how can we make you fall in love with God's word. That when you read this word, you jump on your bed in the morning. I'm serious. When you read God's word and the Holy Spirit is in you, you'll jump on your bed. My daughter Nikiwe, she always said, my dad's so weird. <laughs> I do two things. I sing in a shower. <laughs> I worship in a shower because <laughs> that's the only place I'm allowed to worship loud. <laughs> and when I read God's word, I, I go bananas. I really do. I, I, I scream. I cannot believe that word is so alive. I mean, it's so personal. It's so crazy. It's so for me. It's so encouraging. It builds me up. It makes me strong. And I'm not a strong person. I want you to know. I give up at least once a week. <laughs> Maybe that's why God loves me. But then, when I read His Word in the morning, I, I really get encouraged. When I cry for the Holy Spirit, I, I can feel how He takes a word. And He said to me, come on, come on. Remember what happened there. Remember how you managed there. Remember the people that depend on you. Remember the people that's not never going to hear if you don't step up here. And by the time I get out of my bed, I'm at least ready to go and eat my breakfast. <laughs> I take my first step. And I tell you, many times in my life, honestly, I cut my day down to I go from breakfast to morning tea. Because I can't think further. It's too overwhelming. I'm serious. I'll get to morning tea and Carolyn will come and we'll hold hands and we'll pray. There's many nights that I will wake my wife up and I will say to her, please pray for me. Because I can't sleep. It's just too much. And she'll pray over me. And then the Spirit of God is like rain over us. Falls over us. I don't just go and sleep. I sleep with a smile. I'm, I'm safe. I'm restored. The next morning I get up and I'm okay. Friends, if you don't have that, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. But if you've got that, <laughs> it's going to sustain you. It's going to refresh you. It's going to build you up. It's going to pull you through. You're going to have to trust the Lord. Kelly and I have got to sing. We walk. When things are tough, we walk together. We hold hands. We walk together and we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because we just submit. Because if I don't say yes, Lord, I start that steam engine. So I just say it over and over. Yes, Lord. When things get tough in your life, just say, yes, Lord. And slowly allow him, trust him, he will take care of you. He will pull you through. 
But the Holy Spirit wants to start with you with small things. The smallest things. He wants to prepare you every day for what's coming. You know, we are leaking vessels. It's okay. You know, we leak. And we're all broken. Ye, I'm broken. I want you to know. When I travel, I travel with a disc in my pocket. It says there, in recovery. And it's just for me. And I feel it. I look and I remind myself, I'm not healed yet. And I, I start identifying the things that shakes me. That makes me insecure. And you know what gave me a huge breakthrough in my life? is when I saw that when I saw it, you know, people might exclude me or whatever. And I saw that happen. You know where I had to turn around? It was when I said, Lord, there, there, that pain, there. Holy Spirit, touch me there. That's the problem. Yes, a problem. The day I did that, I started growing. But you know, we don't. We say we give our lives to God, but our brokenness and pain, it's my brokenness and pain. And you stay out of it. And so when things go wrong, I go and I take a knife and I go like this. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I could never trust them. Ha, call themselves Christians. And I stab myself because I'm addicted to that pain. I want that pain. It's my pain. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit can heal you. He can heal you. If you're anything like like me, it's going to take time. But I sometimes believe the things that take time is the best things. I love instant healing. I've seen it with my own eyes. But I love it when we walk a road with the Lord. Because we're a witness to people. They see George used to be like that. And now he's like this. And now he's like this. And they watch my growth. And, they, and sometimes they feel, see I fall back. And then the Holy Spirit picks me up again. Because I refuse to let him go. I will not let the Holy Spirit go. Because I know without him inside, it's bad news. So, we are leaking vessels, right? Because of our brokenness. If you're broken, you leak. So, every morning, you need to be filled. So, if you're filled on a Sunday, by Thursday, you run dry. You're not going to make it. So, we read in Ephesians, be continually filled. It says, be filled to the, I think Ephesians 5.17, right? Be filled to the Holy Spirit. But the, 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 the word there means continually. You've got to continually go back and back and say, for me, in my simplicity, this is how I do it. I invite the Holy Spirit. This morning, early, I invited him in. I said, Lord, I've got nothing to give these people. But you, you, you can do amazing things. So this vessel, I invite you to come in. I invite you, not just to minister, but also to see my own pain and to work in my pain. Because George has got to grow because I want hands at work to grow. Because I've got a vision of a hundred thousand children that's going to know Jesus and they're going to be known by name. And that means we need 15,000 workers. And they cannot work. God can't use me if I'm so broken. 
So I've got to grow so the next generation can grow. God's got a plan for you guys. Everything is lining up. It's clear. It's very clear. If moving doesn't work, it's definitely not God's fault. <laughs> He's given you a radical plan. And that's amazing. If you are not tuned in with the Holy Spirit, you will dilute that radical plan because the Holy Spirit will lead you to places that will test you. It was so amazing to listen to the guy who was here and he moved into a slum. But you know what? You can write his story. You can write his wave. You can surf his wave. Because we love to be with radical people because it makes us feel good. Be careful that you don't hang in moving because it makes you feel good. And that you can say, hey, I'm part of moving. Have you heard about them? See, radical guys. There's one guy living now in a slum. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Are you the real deal? Under the Holy Spirit. Every day. When you do that, there's something about you that's broken, dependent, desperate. And people sense that. And they see you are not this fancy guy. You are not this. They see right through all your weaknesses. But there's inside you something that makes them hungry. We can often see it with worship leaders. Some worship leaders just take you so deep. Because they're humble and broken. That's our lives. The Bible says... The way you live is your story. You tell that that's a, that is your testimony. And that brokenness, where every day you're so depending on being filled by, by the Holy Spirit, to be led by Him, not knowing how you're going to get there. When the wind is still and everybody questions you, why? Nothing's happening. You should go find something else. But to be patient, to say, I waiteth upon the Lord. They who wait upon the Lord shall. All of us want to fly like eagles, right? Who fly like eagles? They that wait upon the Lord. We're running out of time. Just listen to this. Verse about Jesus. Just want to encourage you with this from Luke 10, verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. He's hidden it away from who? And he's revealed it to who? I believe in study. Me and Lynn are both studying. I will never stop studying. Never. I want to encourage you. You've got to study. 
But if you think that's going to reveal to you and bring you closer to God and give you that anointing, you make a huge mistake. Gogo Esther, in the hills in Honda Valley, deep in Zimbabwe, on the border of Mozambique, is my mother. When I stay in her hut, I drink from the fountain of wisdom. When she speaks, I listen. I take every word serious. Because the Spirit of God is hidden in amazing places. There's a reason why he does that. He hates arrogance and pride. People flock to the learned and or those who boast about being learned and highly qualified and people run there. Why? That's a flesh. That's what we want. We want the king. We want the best. The Lord said, if you are filled to the Holy Spirit, you will hear the truths in places where nobody even goes. You'll have people sharing with you God's heart. The weakest, the most vulnerable, the most uneducated will bring you secrets out of the treasure of heaven. Are you hungry for that? I must start closing. Let me just quickly give you a few signs of the Holy Spirit if He's leading you. Just a few. You must go and dig it out yourself, okay? The first one is He will always lead you in the truth. Always. You hear so many people say, The Lord showed me. I'm leaving my wife. Have you heard that? Or the Lord showed me that um, I must break away from our church. I'm planting another church. Cause division. I want to ask you very seriously this morning, in the name of Jesus, I want to ask you, will you never Ever, however great your hurt and pain and whatever is, will you never cause division in this family? Never. If you're not happy, pack your bags and go. And keep your mouth quiet. Be careful to touch what God has started because your little ego or personality is hurting. Even if you're right, even if somebody has really hurt you, think of the bigger picture of the kingdom of God. And release, bless, and go. Do not in any way ever bring disunity. So I promise. <laughs> Secondly, he will always lead you closer to God and his purposes. The Holy Spirit will always lead you closer to God and his purposes. Thirdly, he will always shape you to be more like Jesus. That is when he will take you to the desert, right? We all want to be like Jesus. <laughs> Fourthly, he will produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. You know the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, self-control, gentleness. He said, I will take you there. You will have them. I'm ticking off. I, I can see me growing in patience. And I want to have that fruit because they are beautiful. I admire people that have got patience and just that understanding. The last one is, he will turn chaos into order. Many people, you know, you hear the words, people say, oh, it was holy chaos. I understand what they say when they say that. I'm not shooting it down. But I want to tell you one thing. When the Holy Spirit is in your life, and He rules your life, and you align in every morning, you will have order. In your house, in your ministry, in your prayer life, in your finances, and you will make a covenant of your eyes. Like Job said, I made a covenant of my eyes. Ooh, that's incredible. What is that word I saw somewhere? Catwalk or something, is it? When men stare at women? That would they, I don't know. But you will, you will control your eyes. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a gift that's been given to you. Parakletos. He was handed out. It's yours. Rich deposit. The very God said, I will live in you. I will guide you and love you and grow you and protect you. But you've got to let me in. I'm knocking at the door. Allow him in. Bless you. Thank you for joining us. www.handsatwork.org